0: Welcome to the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. I am your host, Giovanni, and I am excited to bring before you another episode. This one is going to be a very sisterly special. That's what I'm going to call it, a sisterly special. I got Miss Carrie that is going to really just share her story, be visible, be vibrant. But most importantly, I hope that she inspires you to take control of your well-being because that's the whole purpose of Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives is to empower you to take control of your well-being through healthy mindset, mindful and intentional eating, and most importantly, movement. But before we get into this delicious dialogue, vibe with me, y'all. Welcome to the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. Y'all, let's get into this thing. Miss Karen, how you feeling
1: today? Hey, I am good today.
0: That is awesome. You deserve to be good today. You <laughs> deserve to be good today. So I just want to start. Let's start from the tip top, y'all. We were talking before we started recording for about an hour and a half, and we were like, "That should have <laughs> been the episode." But it, it's it's just that good. Um, and I'm I'm just grateful and appreciative appreciative. Um, At the fact that you're here today and you're willing to share your story. Um, So let's dive into this thing. So let's start first with your childhood. Tell me a little bit about your childhood when it comes to like your health and growing up and kind of start the story a little bit right there.
1: So I had interesting childhood. (laughs) I am the second oldest of five, single parent household latchkey. So my mother worked two jobs. So basically we cooked our own food by reading the side of the box. And it was usually, you know, processed foods, whether it was hamburger helper, mostly hamburger helper, uh, or things like that, where you can add water and cook it as a child. So uh, it wasn't a healthy diet. Uh, my grandparents, uh, when we did go over to their home, you know, they had a farm so they, but they cooked Southern style. So of, of course, a lot of oils, uh, chitlins, pig feet—you know that sort of thing—that <laughs> they ate back like the the
0: other day he wanted some barbecue pig feet. I was like, you can no have ma'am, all of that.
1: <laughs> no ma'am,
0: that's crazy. What was your? Let's say you grew up. Were you the best, the best chef out of the five?
1: I was the only chef out of the five, but I was not the best chef out of the five because no one else cooked. So they had to eat what they got. (laughs) Who was the best? I'm the best now.
0: Oh, now. Now you're the best. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. So how health wise, how did you feel growing up? Were you physically fit? Were you into any sports, anything?
1: Well, I would say I really didn't know whether I was fit or not. I was a tomboy. And so I always hung out with the boys and I was always skinny. I was like, I was skinny before skinny was popular. That's what I tell my son. There were no, there was no such thing as a size zero. There was a size six and you dealt with it. So I wore shorts up under my pants uh, to make sure my clothes would stay up on me. Um, But, you know, we ran outside all day, you know, always playing jumping off of buildings that sort of thing so i guess i would say i was fit
0: <laughs> jumping off of buildings uh, yeah well that's
1: what the boys did so i was a top
0: maybe because it was it was a lot of girls first when it comes to like my cousins it it was mm-hmm. like girls let me see Tamisha me see. I'm gonna Keisha It was like six girls before we even started oh. having boys when it comes to like my grandparents' grandchildren, mm-hmm. like cousins. So it was it was girls. We weren't jumping off of buildings, <laughs> but my cousins, some of my cousins are really, really fast. Like they can run. They're really athletic. I, I guess I get my athletic abilities from my mom. We don't have upper body strength and I would run as fast as I can, but I was probably like always the the last one. I, I got some scrapes and bruises from running. <laughs> But we didn't jump off buildings. They did have me on the back of a go-kart one time and drove and swung me off. So I don't Oh, wow.
1: Was,
0: though, but I mean, it's fun, you know, outside getting that vitamin D, you know. Yeah. Drain it out. Creating my
1: athletic ability started as an adult.
0: Oh.
1: Yes. Getting- I started playing volleyball on, a, on in a league, and that was okay. probably in my 30s. I uh, also play competitive soccer, and I didn't learn that until as an adult. So I played on a competitive league here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area.
0: That is and nice. Then, so what, what made yeah. you jump into uh, sports as an adult?
1: Well, I've always liked playing because, of course, I play with boys all the time. So, you know, I'm good at softball. Uh, the only thing I probably have not played is uh, women's flag football. But every year for my birthday, my family... They come to town and we play a good old fashioned game of kickball.
0: I love kickball every year kickball in Jacksonville. Um, it was us in the bros. We would play kickball and try to get it together. And that used to be really, really fun. Um, and we've done it before on, on another star Sarah's birthday. So I think I think kickball is, is just fun. overall. On Friday, the te- we had teachers versus students kickball at school. And oh, teacher- wow. So, I mean, I think kickball is definitely a nice, a nice classic. I think mm-hmm. it's a nice classic to it. Um, but, yeah, I love that you you got into moving and grooving. Why do you think moving is so important to you?
1: Keep moving those your- on. I mean, if you don't use them, <laughs> you're going to not be able to use them. Uh, yeah. But I I never equated the fun part of the sports that I was playing to exercise the my mindset for exercise did not come until I got the di- the first diagnosis
0: what was your first diagnosis all the right first take us on the diagnosis
1: experience. yeah the first diagnosis was pre-diabetes okay and pre-diabetes to someone who never works out eats right and is scared of needles <laughs> sounded sounded like a death sentence to me because i'm scared of needles you can't be diabetic if you're scared of needles and my so. thing is i'm not
0: scared of needles but i'm not about to hit myself with the needle i have to look away at the needle so i couldn't give myself those shots either so i'm with you
1: yeah so that i got choices and the choices were either you know eat get on insulin eventually because you know the numbers were going to go up if i didn't do something about it or i could change you know my eating habits and I can get up off that couch. And so I had to psych myself out because again, you're talking about someone who weighed 99 pounds up until I had my child and then I only weighed 135. So, you know, I wasn't in the mindset of exercising. I didn't know how to exercise effectively. I knew how to play sports, but that was because it was fun. Um, And so every time I decided to go and watch Netflix or something on television. I thought about that needle and I got my butt up off that couch and started, you know, putting my clothes in the car. So I wouldn't have an excuse not to go work out.
0: I think that's beautiful. And I'm glad that you did that. And it was your, your own emotions that led you into motivating yourself to make a different choice. And then I think also people don't realize if you really want to watch Netflix, you can still do that. You can watch Netflix while you're on the treadmill. You can watch yes. Netflix while you're still on that, that bicycle and you cycling. Because when I had my uh, in the gym days, I would do the same thing because I needed something to distract me from looking at how long I've been going. How many mm-hmm. miles I had? Am I tired? Do I want to get out of this? So I had to focus on something else. So you can definitely still binge, watch your shows, yeah. into whatever it is that you want to but make it serving to your body. Like serve yourself. Exactly. And make it impactful. And I like the fact that you said I had choices. And I love the fact that you use that word choice because every single time you make a decision, a decision, you are making an intentional choice to either do something right. or not do something. And to make it intentional means you're doing it for you. You know what I mean? You're doing mm-hmm. it for you. You needed to do it for you. So you get the value, not someone else. Right, right. All right, so pre-diabetic. So we we starting to move. Is there anything else that you changed besides getting off that couch and starting moving when you well, you I changed
1: what I put in my mouth. Oh, you know. How, now yeah.
0: That's a journey. That's a journey. You don't just go, you <laughs> things people go cold turkey with. So what was your first few changes of what you were putting in your mouth?
1: So the first change, it, it kind of it worked out because it was at the beginning of the year. And so, you know, our church every year has something where you, you know, you give up something Mm -hmm. and it has to be something that you like. So I decided to, I I had already given up red meat, but I used to love me some chicken wings. So I decided to give up chicken, not just the chicken wings, but the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say probably after the first three months, I really liked how I felt. I didn't feel overwhelmed. I didn't feel heavy. And okay. so I just continued it. I, I continued to not eat meat and just change, you know, what I was putting in my mouth. And I really I started losing weight. As a matter of fact, I lost inches first. And people kept saying you you don't need to lose any more weight. And I was like, I haven't lost any weight. It's inches that I've been losing. And so I noticed several different things like and this is probably TMI, but my poop didn't stink anymore. Because there was nothing dead coming out of me, like meat. Ooh, that, was that was powerful. And, and that it was, was my arm, my armpits. They didn't smell like they used to. So I didn't have to use heavy deodorants because I wasn't sweating out all of that s- toxins and stuff that I was putting in my body. And so I continued that because I really liked the fact that I couldn't smell myself when i would work out i was just working out so i can sweat and not need to go take a shower even though i know i need to go take a shower because i've been sweating but it's just amazing how how what you put in your mouth affects you internally also most people don't really understand that and most of it nowadays is not even real like i really got into reading labels uh cutting out sugar uh it's and that's hard.
0: hard. That is sure. so hard. It's you have to go cold turkey. That is so hard, especially yeah. if you grew up on Kool-Aid. What is Kool-Aid?
1: What is Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, and Kool-Aid and bomb pops?
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't even know what bomb pops are. We didn't talk about.
1: Oh, okay, they're red, know. white, and blue ice cream kind of things. Oh, with okay, them. I've seen yeah. it. Okay, I've
0: seen the ice cream man come riding through. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's what bum pops are. I was like, I don't know what that one is, yeah. but I, I remember <laughs> when we used to put the put the Kool Aid in like the little small cups, look like almost yeah. was like mop wash cups, you know, and put it in the freezer and go outside yeah. with and thinking we really doing something. Like, Kool Aid was nothing but sugar, sugar and like coloring and flavoring. And it's just like when you yeah. grow up. With that as your appetite, you think that you always need something really, really sweet. And I and I didn't realize again until I got older how bad sugar is for your body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like really bad in multiple ways. And it's just like, whoo.
1: Well, it's We're conditioning. It, it is it conditioning. Is. I mean, because if you think about it as a child, you know, they tell us to here's the first mistake we make and I didn't do this to my son, is as a child, we tell them to clean our plates. We always tell children to clean their plates. But what we're teaching them is, you know, even if you're full, keep eating, which is how we have so many people who are obese. Because you don't know when to stop eating. Your body will naturally tell you when it's full, but you have to listen to it. And we don't listen to it Because we can't hear it because we're watching television while we're eating. But your body will tell you or talking or
0: talking talking. like even some people don't even like say, hey, I'm gonna call you back because I'm eating. They just keep going and going. And I think what you you hit something there. I took a a mindful uh, eating course and got a little introduction certification for it. And it was so mind boggling to me because I realized as a culture, we do more mindless eating than we do. Mm -hmm. mindful, And it's not necessarily. In my mind, I thought it was literally being mindful of what you were eating, being intentional about the stuff you were consuming. But when I got really into the theory behind or the theology behind it, the study behind it, I realized it's listening to your body cues, knowing Mm -hmm. your hunger cues. Are you really hungry or are you thirsty? And if you're hungry, you should chew your food 20 20 times Mm -hmm. and just really sit there and eat and be present. Because when you're not, you're going to keep eating, 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 eating thinking that you're you're not full yet, go get a second plate and keep going, 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 going. But it's something about not listening to yourself is because we've never been taught to truly connect with ourselves. No one right, really right. sat you down and said, hey, how do you listen to yourself? How do you be with your body instead of just keep going and doing for your body? You know, and I think that's a big thing. But something you said um, previous, you talked about people were saying you don't need to lose any more weight. I think there's this, Outlook that we have, where all we see is the external, and we're nowhere mm-hmm. near aware of what's going on on the inside of, our, inside of our body. So we we just judge ourselves based on what we can see. And I think once I got diagnosed diagnosed with endometriosis and PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, I was like, something's not right in my body, and I didn't even know. Okay. I thought I was fit like you. I thought I was fit just like you. With church, I took out meat because you know I wanted a different kind of job. And they say the bigger the sacrifice. The bigger you know that right. come, you know what I mean. And so I was like, well, let me toss that meat to the side. So I tossed it, and I never came back to it because I didn't want to get sick. Because I've always heard so many people say, once you go back to it after your body adjusted with having it out, then mm-hmm. you know you're gonna get sick. And I was like, why would I eat something just to be sick? Like I, I I've had it right. already. I'm okay with trying something else or doing something else or eating something else other than that. And it was just like seafood. But I, I love the fact that. You didn't allow what the people said about what you don't need to lose anymore of because you knew you were on a mission. I was on a mission mm-hmm. not to be diabetic, you know. And then now you're right. about to go into diagnosis number two. Yeah, another one.
1: After yeah, and that. that's been a recent one. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's been a recent one. And I'm just glad that I, I I listened to myself and I listened to uh, you know, my body and take things into my own hands <laughs> uh because uh I have been coughing a lot lately it, well not lately every year I'm I literally cough every day when I get up in the morning I Ms. cough for about you
0: get too deep into this before you get too deep into this mm-hmm. what allowed you to get to the point where you were able to listen to your body because I don't want us to go too fast over that in the event that someone is like oh I do want to be a little bit more intentional how do I connect with myself what what was kind of like your journey or your process on how you started to really listen to your body? Because I know my ears didn't get open until I got diagnosed. So how did how did you also, start?
1: Oh yeah, see, I it was prior to diagnosis. I was watching I watch YouTube videos a lot, and I just happened to come over this video that talked about when you're really full, Ooh. and the obesity uh, rate right now especially in black women. Mm-hmm. And so it challenged us in this video, I have to go back and find it, but uh, it challenged us to sit down at the dinner table with nothing on and eat your food and listen to see if, and not, not um, really listen, like it's gonna say, Karen, you're full, but you will be able to tell when your body is full, just based on how you're eating. And I did that for a couple of days and I was like, I'm not completing everything on my plate. And it was because I wasn't doing what I was taught to do. You finish everything on your plate, you get dessert. Well, I was after the dessert at the end of the day. I mean, if I want to be truthful about it, I'm not caring about the food. I wanted the reward afterwards. And so that's the conditioning. But I started listening to my body and said, Karen, you are not full push that plate away. So even when we would go out to eat, I would ask them for a to-go box immediately. I would put half of that food in the to-go box because they always fill you up. You know, they give you a plate full of food when you go out to eat. So I would half it. I would put half of it in a to-go and then I would start eating on what was already there. And if that filled me up, then I knew I was fine anyway. So Most days now, I can't even finish half of it. So I just take everything plus half of the, the fourth home. As
0: that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I think I've heard Dr. Price, Dr. Bobby Price say on a YouTube thing that you really only need one, one real meal a day, like a one good solid meal a day. And there's other things that you can, you know, juice, smoothie, fruits, other snacks that are, mm-hmm. you know, holistic and nutritious for your body, but you don't need, Five meals a day like no
1: we
0: or necessarily needed like you need a breakfast lunch dinner two snacks and all of that like the plate that the government has designed for us isn't necessarily the empowered plate we need in order to have a life of well-being and vitality if that yeah breakfast sense. is
1: a myth <laughs> <laughs> and what they say we're supposed to be eating is also you know the the, if you if you really think about it, you know things like eggs and and bacon and all of that stuff was put in place to sell more eggs and bacon and everything for the industry. It had nothing to do with them keeping us healthy or breaking a fast. It had to do with making sure that those industries were still being taken care of, and we bought eggs and milk and cereal, which is full of sugar and all this other stuff for breakfast. So when people ask me what I have for breakfast, For breakfast, I don't. If I have breakfast, is what I want. It is usually either a salad or spinach or something like that. Just because I don't eat traditionally, yeah. If I don't, you know, and that's that's like I said, that depends on if I decide to eat something. Most days, I have juice that I make, not juice out of the store. It's juice that I make because I bought myself a juicer.
0: Same here. We got the nama J too. So when we started juicing, we started at the end of January. Um, and that was inspired by my mom. She was watching a lot of different um, YouTube videos on juice. And I think like Jillian Berry, um, Harold was a black man who um, had cancer and he cured himself on like a raw diet. Um, and she was just like, I really think this will help my dad lose some weight before he gets into his knee surgery. Because her mm-hmm. my granddaddy was about to have surgery. And, we know, and she, as a nurse, knows that when you have a lot of weight on you, it makes it harder for you to bounce back and really... You know, get that strength back in your knee to walk, and get that that vitality, that mobility back in your life. You know. Yeah. And but what it really was is she was focused on her dad, and my focus was on her. And so my focus was on her because in December she had an emergency visit, um, emergency room visit. Her blood pressure was really high. She was kind of having like, kind of like panic attacks, anxiety attacks, Mm -hmm. not knowing what was really happening. Tightness in the back of her her neck, kind of breathing kind of heavy. And as a nurse, of course, she has all of these diagnoses and different things of what it could possibly be. So my brother took her in December and then me, my brother and Spencer took her in January. And when she had me going through stop signs and going through red lights and it was just like, just get to the emergency and just get there, just get there. I was like, uh-uh. we got to We got to do something different. Like we, we have yeah. to change something. So when she was like, Let, she wants this Nama J2, I ordered the Nama J2, I got on Amazon, got all the stuff that we needed to make. And when I got on that Nama J2 and that Juice and Friends, I, I automatically just went ahead and let the salmon and the tuna steak, like the, the seafood go. And I just went plant-based and I was intentional about it. And I was just like, let's let's go mom, let's, let's get it together. And she hasn't been to the emergency room since. And she's dr- lost some weight. Her blood pressure is a lot better. She's not even necessarily having to be on her blood pressure medicine. She's on her coconut water her mindset is a whole lot better as well. So I can just see her life being improved and I'm okay if it starts with her and it doesn't reach my grandparents. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. if I start now with this blueprint and I start documenting and getting things differently done, I could kind of reverse the chronic illness that is around my family as well. And I think that's the thing. If you have that one person or at least that one person and a lot of other people supporting because my cousins, my family, they're, they've been very supportive of me thus far with this. I just would love to see them start making choices, the word you use mm-hmm. early, choices that are different than what they're making now so they can start feeling how we feel, you know what I mean? Because it's definitely different because how you look today, how I look today, isn't how we look when we were back in environments that were toxic or back Mm -hmm. making decisions that we were conditioned or comfortable making, you know? So I I like that you got into juicing because me and my mama started juicing. my mama got some, some lyrics on and popping and we got the juice with the fours going on (laughs) on Instagram and we getting juice stuff today, but it's just like that juice just feels so much better going down. It, it livens me up. It gets me vibrant. I have middle school students who are like, Miss Ford, why are you so crunk this early in the morning? It's just like, <laughs> well, I got my juice in today. I got my morning miles in before I got here. So it's like, I'm more vibrant than the young folks because even they aren't eating and consuming and getting in the things that they need right, right. to feel how I'm feeling. And I, I want to be not necessarily a role model, but I want to be impactful and influential over them in order for them to know that this could be we need you to be our future we need you to reverse the things that people are systematically telling us because i want y'all to be better than us you know and it's, it's going to take those future generations to really mm-hmm. like I said, shift the mindsets of our communities in order for us to live more empowered lives does that make sense right, right. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah so my second diagnosis came Kind of, <laughs> well, let, let let me backtrack just a little bit. So, up, like I said, with with the, with the coughing, kept having this coughing, but it got to a point where it was it was starting to bother me. Like every morning, I get up, I'm coughing. Why? Because I feel great. I exercise, I eat right. Why am I coughing every single day, every morning? So I decided to uh, make an appointment with my PCP, and I felt dismissed um, with, with them, you know, uh, so they sent me for X chest x-ray. When I got the chest x-ray, my lungs looked good. Uh, he wanted to put me on albuterol, which is an inhaler. Um, and then he stated that, oh, well, I saw, um, thanks to the new laws, you know, you get your test results back before they get them. So pay attention. (laughs) So when I got it, That part, when I got it back, it said that I had mild calcification in my aortic artery. So when they called me, you know, I had already done my research. So yeah, my lungs look good, but I got this going on. So when they, when he had, now this wasn't even the PCP, this was a nurse practitioner. So the nurse practitioner had a young lady call me and she starts talking about, you know, everything is normal, blah, blah, blah. You know, he just wants you to continue, you know, your your normal routine. I said, well, the test also stated mild calcification in my aortic artery. What did he say about that? Well, he didn't say anything. I said, well, then you go back to him and then you call me back. So then you she have called to be me back. But that wasn't enough. So she called me back three days later. And she says, well, he said that, you know, that's really nothing to worry about right now. And that you should, you know, you've had a history of high cholesterol and you need to just change your diet and you need to exercise more. And I immediately got defensive. And here's why. First of all, nurse practitioner. Me and you've already had this conversation. You know what my lifestyle is. I exercise four to five times out of the week including cardio and weights. I don't get winded when I work out. I've been getting winded when I was sitting on the couch. Okay. My lungs are fine, but what about this other thing? The second thing is two, uh, two test results, maybe three years apart with high cholesterol does not make a history of high cholesterol. So He calls me instead because I told her I said so you go back and you tell him that and and don't you call me back You have him call me Come on. So So then he calls me back and he starts to you know tap dance and everything Well, what he didn't understand is I got the kind of insurance where I don't need your referral I can go to any doctor I want So I went back to my cardiologist and I told her what was going on and so she sent me on two appointments. She sent me one just to make sure my lungs are fine. So it was like a breathing type test. Uh, then she also set me up for a cardiac type because she wanted to make sure calcification wasn't inside my heart or anywhere else. So the actual appointment, I guess there must be a lot of people with heart issues because the appointment was supposed to be into January. I got a call on Friday saying that they had an opening on Sunday, today. So I went this morning at eight forty five so this 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 uh, podcast is timely. I went this morning <laughs> at yeah. eight forty five and they give you a, a preliminary you know reading before you leave, but also you know state that your your cardiolo- cardiologist will uh, give you a call. The test stated that I had blockage in two areas, not just my aortic, but one other area also. And so, you know, of course, no one is is saying, well, how'd I get there? Um, but I also did some research. And what I have found is, you know, I was reading this book and I told you about the book. The doctor, his name is Dr. Livingood.
0: I and got it. And, and already, in his book,
1: it. yeah, in his book, he lists all the different supplements that you should consider. Mm. One of the supplements he listed in there was a supplement that my doctor, both of my doctors, my uh, OB and my PCP recommended that I take because I was going through menopause. And that was D3. I've been taking D3 for the last 10 years. Not one doctor told me that when you take D3 or vitamin D, you need to also take a different vitamin, vitamin K, A or E. To help it absorb through your body because your body does not naturally absorb D3. And when you take it over time, if you're not doing that, it can make calcification in your arteries. Now, I did that with research. And not one of them told me I should have been taking K along with D3. And every morning I was popping that pill. So... I, I, I've just been taking my own life in my own hands because I keep thinking about thinking back to this play I went to see. Um, and, and I'm married into the Sims name. I'm just going to say that up front because this doctor's name was Dr. Sims. He was, a, he was a white male. And back in the day, in the 1800s, he used to do surgery. He was the OB, OBGYN. And he was responsible for uh, that stupid test we have on a regular basis uh, down there. Uh, But he used to do tests, uh, not tests, surgeries on the black female slaves without anesthetic. So when you hear his name and you research it, a lot of the medical journals will, will give him credit and give him kudos because he actually is responsible with how, you know, uh, fibroids and everything to this day is is handled because of the surgeries he did. And so they're dismissive on the fact that he did the surgeries on black female slaves without anesthet- anesthesia. So they were being cut open and everything with absolutely nothing. And so there was no one there to advocate for them. And I've been in situations before where I didn't feel like I was being listened to as a black female and I had to take, uh, uh, you know, take it in my own hands. I, I had a situation where I every year I was getting a re- upper respiratory infection and the doctor wanted to do the scope down my nose. He's he squeezed the stuff in my nose to make it numb. It didn't numb me. He wanted to do the test anyway. I said the devil is a lie. You are not about to scope me with no, I would say, it, you obviously want to know me for a reason. That tells me that it was right. going to hurt. Correct. He was like, well, you know, I've done this. I don't care. You're not about to do that to me. So you have to take your own life into your own hands, especially as a, a, a minority female, uh, because sometimes you're dismissed or you they act as if you don't know what you're talking about because my nurse practitioner actually got a little offended with the fact that I used what he termed Mr. Google. Well guess what? Mr. Google is the one that told me I needed to take K you didn't along with Dr. Livingood, who actually was well I'm not going to say was, he is a certified MD. He just decided to do Uh, holistic medicine because of what was going on with his father. His father had a massive heart attack in his fifties. I'm in my fifties. I'm getting ready to be 60 next year. Mm -hmm. I am not about to to leave here with something that I didn't know about or that I could have done differently. And I think that's where we miss the point um, as, as women, as people period is that, and I'm not saying doctors are bad, Right. They go through a lot of training for a reason, but you can't believe everything. Our health care system is broken. It's not a health care system. It's a sick care system. You get sick, they give you a pill. I don't want your pills. I need a doctor that's going to show me a, a different way of living so I know what to do to change things. I don't know how to get rid of the calcification, but I, I do know what I can do to keep more from coming. And up building, she'll probably want to put me on cholesterol medicine. I don't want to be on nobody's cholesterol medicine, so it's going to depend on how blocked it is. But you know, I'll just have to change even more with what I put in my mouth. But I, you know, I'm not taking that D3 anymore. I know that mm-hmm. I just have to get my butt out in the sun, no matter what degrees it is. I'm going to get some sun,
0: agreed, and I, I thank you for really being transparent and sharing your story and empowering people to advocate on their health, but most importantly, do the research. Mm -hmm. Do the actual research to better understand what's going on. Um, Because I feel like when I was diagnosed, first, I want to give a shout out to some of those healthcare professionals who are really passionate about helping us in the Black community. I know in Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. um, I was there. I had a doctor who was a SARA black female looked like me. And then my nurse practitioner, it wasn't until the second time that I had this chronic pain and sickness that just came out of anywhere that she was like, you need to go to the ER, you need imaging. And when I did that, that's when they saw this large cyst on my right ovary. Had I not gone, I would have known what was really happening, but I mm-hmm. had someone who looked like me, who I had a relationship with that was able to navigate that. And I know so many people with PCOS and endometriosis that they don't have those people advocating on on their behalf. They don't have specialists in the area that are willing to listen and truly believe the pain you're going through and the onset of sickness and not just thinking you're here for some type of pain medicine. Um, So I am grateful for those, but I wholeheartedly believe you because my endometriosis specialist, who I, t- I had to have surgery with, I had to ask another a Sarah OBGYN that looks like me, I had a relationship with, to give me the go-ahead to know that this I was safe in his hands. Yes, I know he was good at what he did, and that's what they say. That's what the, you know, the review said. But yeah. I don't know you. And you're telling me that I need to take fruit out of my diet. Like I don't need any sugar. And I'm thinking, no one's ever told me that fruit was bad. I have never heard in my life that fruit was bad. And he was just like, the amount of sugar that's in a banana is equivalent to the amount of sugar that's in a Hershey's chocolate bar. And at that yeah. point I was like, okay, what is about to happen? Like, what am I, what is life about to look like now? Cause it's overwhelming when you get these diagnoses, it's overwhelming because mm-hmm. now you're telling me that I have something that I never knew anything about. And you don't right. even have the time to break it down to me and really educate me on everything because you got other people, you got to see, you got other things you got to do. You just want me to get in line with whatever it is that you tell me, you know? and i had to mm-hmm. have that conversation with the with her and she was like well diet could help it's not going to cure anything but that's fine cuz there's no cure anyway just like you said it's a treating sick care system we just want to treat you we don't really necessarily have a cure for you and that's why i'm so appreciative of this holistic movement that's happening in america because it's already in other countries and other continents where people are really embracing a whole food plant based approach to living because i don't like that d word but approach to living to you being more mindful of what you're consuming and you're not consuming so much sugar processed foods and things like that because it keeps us sick and of course if it kept us sick that keeps us in their system does that make sense yeah anti pills when i went home to help my um grandfather and help my grand my grandma and my aunt with my grandfather and he had all of these pills he had to take i was just like no I don't, I don't, I don't want this to be something that my family consistently gets dependent on is popping pills because someone told them there was a problem and that's all they're doing Mm -hmm. pills and still living the same way, being comfortable doing the same thing that they've been doing. And when I suggested to my grandma, like, Hey, let's, let's break his fast with fruit. Let's do fruit first. Let's get something to the cellular level since he's taking, you know, so much medication. And she was like, well, he needs food that's not food. And I was, I was like, but food is food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is it is food. But for them, when they think of food, they think of stuff that's heavy, Stop you know, that's, mm-hmm. so he need rice, he need gravy, he need meat, he need thinking, mm-hmm. nothing on that plate is really helping him with all of the things that the medication is supposed to be doing. Like, let's meet the medication at some way, shape, form, or fashion. And let's really try to do something to help him have a better life. Even even if he is, you know, in his 80s, even if he's 86 going on 87, he could still live a good, vibrant life. There's so many people. Look at yourself going into 60. We don't have to say my age is the reason why I should stay the same. Right. My age is the reason why I should just continue to be comfortable and keep living the same life that I've been living. When I could shift that, reverse that and start living a more full life vibrant life thriving life so I can keep enjoying mm-hmm. moments with my family and the legacies that I've created you know what right I mean? and that and that's a big thing but I think you you mentioned something about that to me before about you actually being one of the elders in your family at this at this age right
1: right so yeah talk, talk every a
0: little bit about that talk a little bit about yeah that.
1: <laughs> everybody's gone <laughs> I'm, I'm literally the the eldest I'm all my, my mom is gone all of her siblings are gone all of my grandparents are gone and I'm considered an elder. I mean, at 59, I'm considered an elder, you and know,
0: was
1: some, well, not my mom, but you know, my grandmother, colon cancer, you know, mm. she ate every she, everything that they put on commercials. She thought she was supposed to try. Plus she ate the, you know, meat and you know pork and chitlins and you name it. Um, And, you know, my uncle had a stroke, uh, alcoholism, with one uncle, you name it. But yeah, health, it it was, it was pretty much health. Uh, And I I do want to touch on though, the D word, the D word, because it, I get, I, I have to correct so many people when they say, well, what is your diet? I'm not on a diet. This is my lifestyle. And I think the more that people understand, this is not a diet. This it's is not, not something all. I'm going to change in a couple of weeks after I hit my quote unquote goal. My goal is to hopefully see some grandbabies from my son. And the mm-hmm. only way I can do that is to watch what I put in my mouth.
0: And still be So me. it's
1: not a diet. Uh, to me, a diet is temporary. It's a temporary goal that people set to reach an expectation for some event or whatever and then as soon as they come up off of it you're back to where you started you have to change your whole lifestyle then you have to get used to the fact that because of that change there's going to be times where you better be full when you go to an event or when you're going to run an errand because there's nothing going to be there's not going to be anything for you to eat and I've gotten used to that, you know, like I'll go to an event, like I went to a birthday party a couple weeks ago. They didn't have anything for me to eat, but I left before I left. I ate before I left the house and I had snacks in my purse because it was not my birthday. It was not my event. I'm just an attendee. So I don't expect anyone to modify whatever their menu is going to be because Karen Sims showed up. Right. but what's not going to happen is when Karen has her 60th birthday next year all y'all getting a vegan cake I'm just saying <laughs> remember that <laughs>
0: and it's gonna be good and it's gonna be oh, that, good <laughs> it's gonna be good and I think that's that's the part that I I love the most about this thing is that like if you've eaten a certain way most of your life, you're not missing nothing. You've had right. it already before. So what's the purpose of holding on to the things that you've already had? Explore something new. Explore other things. Mm-hmm. Make what you already like. Change just a few of those ingredients. You're still going to go for that texture. You're still going to go for that yep. taste. The flavors are still going to be there. Like, it's okay. Like you said, it's a it's a lifestyle. But it starts first with your mindset. And mm-hmm. for you, it was, I want to be able to see the legacies that come after me. I don't want to be long and gone. And and I right. think that, that should be enough for some people. But it's not because for some people, it is the addiction that food causes sugar. You know, it's mm-hmm. addiction. we were talking about the whole Popeyes. Remember we were talking about the Popeyes? Oh, hit him, chicken with sandwich. With, hit him with the Chick-fil-A. Hit him with that Chick-fil-A. Did you tell me about the Chick-fil-A?
1: Both of those have ingredients to make you want more. But it's just like sugar and what people don't understand with sugar i read i just read this like was it last week i think it was last week where uh i was reading something and what it said was when you give up sugar you have to give up sugar cold turkey that's the only way to do it because it is addictive and it said and this was the powerful thing about it it says when you when you have cancer one of the things that they do when you get that test to determine if you have cancer, cancer, they give you this mixture. This mixture is, I think, cellulose or something like that, where it's sugar. The reason they give you that is because when that goes into your body and they're doing that imaging, cancer attaches itself, itself to it. And that's how it's able to show up on the imagery. So, if cancer is attaching itself to that sugar so it can be seen on the imagery, this sugar can't be good
0: and not.
1: (laughs) And not. Oh, crap. Yeah. They always give you that. Yeah. It's
0: so hard because I think the last thing I had a sugar, the last thing I, I, I had to just let go as I continue to embrace this lifestyle because. The thing about, like you said, you embrace this lifestyle. Everybody and everything can't go with you when you embrace a new lifestyle. It just can't. Mm-hmm. And one of the right. Last things I had to let go were paydays. Like I loved me a good payday. Like whenever I <laughs> wanted to have a good dessert or something to snack on, I wanted something salt, salty and sweet. It was a payday. And then I used to be passing paydays out at school, like to other teachers. I can't pay you, but you can get a payday. And i was passing them <laughs> out. Man, I got one of those, what do you call those long, what are are the long? The family size. The family size payday for this whole family right here that you see. I ran that family size payday down and I got so sick. I told my mom, I told my brother, don't y'all buy me another payday. I'm not getting any more. But I used to get paydays in the bulk from Sam's and I just, and keep them in my classroom. I was like, no more to the paydays, no more. But once you really start getting into this lifestyle and embracing the lifestyle, Mm you will Really sweet things like fruit can necess- really be your candy. Like fruit, right. yes, say it has the natural sugar in it, but it can definitely be your your candy. You know it can that is my be-
1: candy. Along, I put some coconuts. I'll get some acai berries along with some like some frozen berries. Put them in a a, a glass bowl, and then I'll add a few almonds and a few coconuts, and that's my dessert.
0: And I, I have yeah. uh, pecans, walnuts and like sometimes sunflower seeds. And I would put mm-hmm. it with some like um, oh, it's like sunflower butter, like so not peanut butter, but like the sunflower seed butter, mm-hmm. put that in there, drizzle it with a little bit of like the raw organic unfiltered honey. It don't look good, but it but tastes, it tastes good. good. And I don't do like the yeah. antihistamines, like the well, I don't do like Benadryl or like an allergy nah. pill anymore. I'll I'll just do the honey instead, you know, and take it the natural way. So I was like, mm-hmm. Let me get that and I would eat that. Hello to my new payday. Hello <laughs> to my new payday. I created that thing out of bow. It don't look like the paydays, but it makes me feel so much better. I don't feel as bad anymore after I eat those.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think people also have to remember when you're changing lifestyle. Another another uh, culprit of uh, feeling bad is dairy, and dairy. I actually became allergic to dairy thanks to menopause. But what I found out about dairy is because it's such a high inflammation. Like people who run around with arthritis, and you know those sort of joint type. Ailments, they need to really look at their dairy. I have arthritis in my entire spine. Entire spine. My doctors can't understand why I don't need a pain pill because I don't eat dairy and I'm not in pain. So I'm not going to take your pain pill just because you think I should be in pain. Yeah, technically, if I was still eating dairy, I would be in pain because my whole spine would be swollen. But my body is feeding- not inflamed
0: because you're feeding it. Dairy is just feeding the things just that you don't want yeah. to happen in your body. Like you're feeding it. My, I feel like um, my granddaddy, I think I was telling you about it. He was starting to, he just is having these allergic reactions and just breaking out in hives. And I think you were, we were talking about it one day and I was telling my mom, maybe we should try to see about taking the dairy yeah. you know, yeah. out of his diet and see if the allergic reactions, you know, kind of de- goes away. Like, yeah. But when I was saying it was somebody, you know, somebody said, oh, it was because he had a salad or, oh, it was some type of salad dressing. And it's just like, if you don't pay attention to the role that dairy plays in inflammation, that, that can go, it's a whole body experience. When they mm-hmm. talk about PCOS and endometriosis, again, PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, I don't want to lose anybody. But they, they say that a lot of that is just filled on inflammation. Where's that inflammation come from? Processed foods, sugar, dairy. Like if we mm-hmm. just do that stuff out, not only are you gonna feel lighter, you're gonna feel lighter because you're not feeding the things that you don't want happening in your body going all over the place. Right. And I know it's good, I know dairy is good. You know it's good, Miss Cameron.
1: We didn't because me and yeah, me and Dairy Queen had a love affair going on, and, and I gone. had to stop the love affair.
0: Girl, mine was olive garden. Tell me when to stop, keep it going. <laughs> Keep it. Well, just tell me when I heard you the first time. Keep it going. Like, yeah. You might as well leave the cheese grater right here at the table. That is how I was with you. And then don't let me get the Parmesan cheese when you at the pizza stuff. Birthdays at Pizza in Pizza Lane. Shake oh, yeah.
1: It, shake I, I I do miss it. And I'm not going to lie. I miss cheese. No. I miss no. cheese and I thought I miss ice cream, but I don't miss ice cream because now I make my own I got with you. coconut milk with coconut cream. But uh, I do miss cheese because I like pizza. But I found a good place for pizza that has vegan cheese. Melts just the same, and it tastes just as good. And I don't, okay. and I, so now I can eat pizza. Where is Blaze Pizza in Grand Prairie?
0: My favorite pizza spot is True Foods Kitchen. So one season, it's the butternut squash pizza. And in the other season, it's the spinach and onion, caramelized spinach and onion pizza. And, Ooh. and not only is it plant-based, it's also gluten and soy-free. That is my Ooh. favorite
1: pizza. Yeah, but I'm definitely- going to need a list. <laughs> I'm going to need a list of the uh, restaurants because I don't know a whole lot of places. i just be trying to fix my own stuff. But, so, you know, there are times where I want to go and grab something and I want it to be real. Like some of these pop-up vegan places, use a lot of processed foods well i can go to the store and go buy me a box of black bean burgers i don't want your black bean burger out of the box i want something that's more vegan healthy and you've cooked it and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of places like that
0: it's not and i think another reason i think is it's kind of a bittersweet thing, because like you said, you want to get something on the go and you don't want to have to be the one to make it. But it feels so much better when you just make simple meals at home that you know what's in your ingredients, you know where mm-hmm. it came from, and that you can eat it confidently and not feel like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to feel after I get home or I don't know how this is going right. to sit with in my body, because you're not exactly sure of all the ingredients you use. You can ask right. them, but they they sometimes they don't even know because they're not as aware of what's going on in their body. But I just and I think that's the big thing. For me, it wasn't Dairy Queen. For me, it was the eggs and the cheese. That's what oh, I man. I was I struggle with. Because eggs, I could do, I could do a boiled egg sandwich. I could do eggs in my my salad, um, scrambled eggs, fried eggs, you name oh. it. I love me some eggs. Okay. <laughs> but the, the best thing for me is that black salt. That black salt on cucumbers will make me feel like I still have my eggs and my salad. Um, I think Wonder Eggs, I had their uh, plant-based, minimally processed um, hard boiled eggs or vegan eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are so good. Like if, oh my goodness, I bought that for myself for Valentine's Day. Um, (laughs) See, you can love yourself. You can love yourself by still doing good food. Um, But those Korean barbecue wings, tell them about it. Thrive Kitchen, did you like your Thrive Bowl?
1: Girl, yes. I was just sitting here thinking, "Mm, I'm going to have to go over there and grab something before this storm comes through.
0: (laughs) And it's coming. It is coming. But that Thrive, like I can get that at school. Man, I even put my some of my co-workers on that Thrive Korean cauliflower barbecue.
1: That was was so good. I I actually had had Soror's fighting over the last two (laughs) because you only brought four and it was two of us that were, yeah, and they were like, just does this belong to anyone <laughs> <laughs> you better claim then, it,
0: because that thing
1: is and great. then they claimed <laughs> it but then it was so good they told other sorors who came looking for another one It was like there weren't no more bowls you know it was it, it was limited
0: <laughs> it is but that and that's just a tip for anybody listening like it's a lifestyle so as you navigate through the lifestyle you have to find little spots that cater to your lifestyle, that encourage you to continue to go through with your lifestyle because they are people that are conscious. There are people who have had diagnoses that they really know that they need to make shifts. They need to make changes. And that's a market. That's why you see so many more. And I'm so happy about it. You see so many more um, black plant-based chefs. You see so many more that Mm -hmm. are so many more that are um, in the holistic space or in the health coaching and wellness space because they know it's such a need for us as a Black community to live better lives, to get that vitality back. We used to be on Whole Foods in the past and back in the mm-hmm. day because that's all we had. That, that's why we were farmers. That's why there were farmers to have certain things. We weren't always eating like this. And right. I, I just feel like whenever you have become aware and you're more woke, just start eating good and making different decisions like it, it is what do you have to lose what do you have to lose it's, like when you yeah. already gained so much more literally right. and you know whatever else it is but, but
1: technically you do have something to lose if you don't and that's your life there earlier every, earlier than you planned and some of uh, us are in
0: the fast lane by tending to pay these fast food chains.
1: Oh snap! Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Because right. I know me and you had that conversation okay. with the fast food because you know I live in I live on the south side of town. And remember, I was telling you, you know, I don't know if most people have noticed because I, I I I'm not from here. I'm from Ohio, and, and so I have no problem getting in my car, traveling to different parts of Dallas for work. You know, if there's a place I want to go, I'm going to go. However, what I've noticed is when I go north, the the makeup of how things are, let's say, um, how they are put together, how the town is put together is totally different. On the south side of town, you're always going to have at, at a minimum three fast food restaurants on a corner maybe three fast food restaurants in a church or all four may be uh fast food but what i also noticed is a little bit down the street from the fast food there's going to be the dialysis center
0: speak on
1: it it doesn't look like that on the north side of town i can't even count the many times where i actually saw a dialysis center on the north side of town, near their fast food places, because they didn't have them grouped together like that. And on the south side of town, where there are food deserts, we have plenty of uh, uh, fast food restaurants where you can get all you can feed your whole family for ten dollars. And you should be questioning yourself: Why is that? Food ain't that cheap. I know for a fact I spent 120 dollars yesterday in Walmart and had three bags. I was pissed off when I left. Girl, uh, but I, said-
0: <laughs> I don't know how many bags are outside from Instacart from Sprouts and it was almost like 150, 100 and between yeah. 150 and 180 and it's mostly all produce. But you're right, like food is not cheap at all. Not at all.
1: Right. But but the food that's not good for you is cheap. And that's why, we, that's why we have dialysis centers. And then you can't even get on the list to have a, a, a kidney or, or liver transplant uh, <laughs> once you've ruined it. But we keep pulling up. I mean, some of the longest lines that I see on this side of town are the, the, the chicken places, which is full of, you know, fried chicken and uh, some of the burger places. And it, it's just sad, I mean, I go places and I look and and I love my people and I hear them say, Well, I gotta die from something. And yeah, you do. You know, we're all gonna die from something, but why put yourself in the grave earlier than you need to be?
0: Agreed. I and don't know about you know,
1: anybody else, but I love waking up every morning.
0: And but yeah. why eat something that's not gonna make you feel lively now? You know? Right. It's just, it's just satisfying some type of hunger cue. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily making you feel good, happy vibrant you know and and you and nobody saying you can't eat fried food you can fry up some good mushrooms you can fry up some good eggplant you can fry up some good stuff cauliflower come, come through and it's just so like air frying is great oil. too i love a good girl you can throw your vegetables in the air fryer as well i threw some potatoes in sprinkle it with a little grapeseed oil season those bad boys up threw it in the air fryer. those potatoes are the best potato and i'm gonna be mm-hmm. Oh, man, I miss Wingstop. But once I realized <laughs> no, I do trying they great fries in soy-based soy, soy based oil, I was like, well, all right, adios, Wingstop. Let me figure something else at the house. But that air fryer is like a game changer. Mm-hmm. Now, let me take that back. It's not a game changer. It's a lifesaver. I heard a mm-hmm. uh, black content creator on um, Instagram say that when she was making different alternatives. And she was like, these plant based recipes are not game changers. They're lifesavers. And I, I felt that with everything like that. That is truly exactly what it is. You mentioned before um, one of your family members passed away from colon cancer. My grand aunt, my grandfather's sister, she had colon cancer. And as a younger person and seeing it and the medicate the medication changing like the palms of her hands. Like yeah, it, it it was it was like eye opening for me. So cancer was already like a big like a scary thing. You know, as a child, you think cancer, and you automatically think, you know, death, like there's no coming back from that. It's like a death sentence almost. Um, but she she beat the colon cancer, which I was so grateful for. But then mm-hmm. again, she ended up having a massive heart attack in the shower. And so it was just like at mm-hmm. that point I knew like heart disease is it's it's not it's nothing to play with when it comes to my family. So I was just like, I, I have to do something better because we can't just keep letting our loved ones go knowing how they're going and not doing anything different about it just because yeah. we're comfortable living the lifestyle that we're currently living. And sometimes people say, you know, if you knew better, you would do better, but people know better. It's just that mm-hmm. they're comfortable They're comfortable in yeah. their life you're doing. And that's okay too, if that's the way you want to live, but there's so much more to life. If you really just truly address what was really going on inside of you, but if you're yeah. not paying to the outside and you're you're motivated from these extreme extrinsic motivation all of the the popeyes the chicken and when you talked about that chicken it made me think about that movie on netflix you know they clone tyrone when they set up here and they said they have us they have these cameras and they're watching us at the corner store you know at the I hair believe store, it. at the chicken places and they're like it's systematic approach to getting our money and continuing to put toxic things in our environment in order for us to gravitate and continue to stay comfortable in that and not make the change and live vibrantly. Mm -hmm. Um, But hit on on, on environment, Uh, Miss Karen, hit on environment. We were talking about environment. We were saying environment matters. Talk a little bit more about environment. Now that we know what it looks like society-wise environment, talk about like home environments and environments that play an influence on our health.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, COVID made everything easier for me <laughs> because, you know, you know when you're when you get up and you're going to work every day and you're you especially if you don't have time, I think we t- what we tend to do is we just go with the status quo. And so yeah, when I was getting up going to work every day, I was eating like everyone else for convenience. Correct. So, you know, and your children are watching you. If you have children, your children are watching you. Now, now that I've changed things up, my son has started to change things up, too. He's even working out and everything. And so I'm making sure that I keep him schooled about his family history and and, and what's going on with me, what's going on with his dad, because I didn't have that. And so, you know, especially, you know, with the test today, I can't honestly say I even know what my family history is. I don't have anyone to ask. I know my grandmother died of colon cancer. I know she's had, you know, breast cancer twice. I know what my uncle died of, which was a stroke. But like my my dad, I don't know what I know him. I don't, when he died, his wife didn't invite me to the funeral. So I don't know what he died of. And so I don't know my other history, but I, but it's important that I make sure my son knows at least what's going on with me and his dad and his dad's family. And then he can go from there, but he's actually, you're a product of your environment sometimes, but you have to make a conscious decision to change that. And so when I hear people say, well, you know, that's hereditary. Well, some of it is not. Some of it is what we did is, what's hereditary is the way we eat. We learned that type of eating. They learned it because back in slavery times, all they had was the scraps, the chitlins and the hog maws, And it wasn't that it was good. It was good because they figured out how to season it because that's all they were given. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that's how we should have been eating in the first place, because the big house wasn't eating it. But we've learned that over time. This is how my parents ate. this, is how my grandmother ate. And and so we can change our own environment, but we have to be willing to.
0: And I think you hit something just now. Shout out to um, my uncle with his uh, catering business. I think his is called a seasoned taste and you just, um, or season to taste, but you just hit on that with seasoning. And I think that's all it boils down to. Like my aunt is like the main cook or chef in our family. And she knows her way around the kitchen. If she took that same approach with all that she knows about seasoning things very well and making those alternative shifts with like, Taking out the meat, taking out the dairy. Mm-hmm. I know that we would just our whole family dynamic would just look totally different if she embraced uh, a shift or alternative way to eating to remove that inflammation and that sugar and that processed food out. Because mm-hmm. she can, she can take, she can season some things up. My uncle can as well. Even if my uncle did some of that, and my uncle's very, he's a firefighter. So he, he's into um, making meals for the fire station and helping people get into that that healthier vibe. And, you know, he loves to run and stuff like that. So there are people in my family who are already taking the approach of being mindful of what they're eating, how mm. they're eating and getting, you know, getting active. But I remember you telling me that you grew up in like a, a smoking household and you were like, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure if that played a role on, you know, like my lungs and needing that inhaler but you you also hit on something else because you say growing up in that household, you just hit on your influence to your children. Like how, mm-hmm. if, knowing what you know now, how would have you approached raising your son, knowing what you know now in regards to how he eats and his lifestyle, I should say?
1: I would have done it sooner. I mean, the, the first, you know, my son's first words in terms of restaurants was McDonald's. Mm. That stuff ain't even real. But you but know, fries. What do you it, mean? It, and the fries will kill you. Uh, they taste good, but they will kill you. Which is why I stopped eating them. Also, but I I would have done it earlier. And you know, now now that he's an adult, he'll be twenty three in October. Um, you know, he. I'm glad that he embraced it on his own and started watching me, and so. Uh, he recently just moved out. <laughs> it uh He moved back to Houston uh until he finishes his MBA. And he took my walk with him. <laughs> All right. Come on with it. <laughs> yeah. So it. I was like, go ahead. Because I know he'll use it. And that helps him cook better, too. He cooks uh, healthier. But in terms of the smoking household, I know for a fact it is probably what also contributes to you know this coughing that i have on a regular basis and the respiratory issues i've never been a smoker mm-hmm. but my grandmother smoked my mother smoked and i sat up under both of them cuz i was a mama's girl so I, I you know i was always sitting next to her not only that i'm i'm of the age where when i first started working i was working at the air force base and it was during a time before cubicles. So everyone sat in a big open space and the environment was nothing but smokers. So I was sitting next to a smoker. I was sitting across from a smoker. I was sitting to my left to a smoker. The whole place was smoke environment. And even though I wasn't a smoker, I, I uh, grew up in that atmosphere. And so, yes, it has affected my lungs. I have friends who has parents. That died of lung cancer. My mother in law died of lung cancer in 2021. She never smoked in her life, but my father in law did. Mm. And I've and I've even told my son because I know him and his friends do that hookah. You know, they've been told that well, uh, what they see is safe. But I did some research and I showed him that ain't safe because it does have it has nicotine in it. He didn't know that. I'm like, so every time you take a whiff of that hookah, you're putting nicotine in your lungs. Just remember that. And now he knows what's going on with me and this blockage. I'm not a smoker. So, you know, I, I've told him you, you have to, you don't get another set of lungs. You don't. One of my sixth
0: graders, um, where she was just telling me that earlier this month that her cousin only in his twenties, um passed away he got cancer and it was from vaping and he wouldn't stop vaping even after he got it he got it like that that's not good yet there's so many children because of the way these uh the marketing is just like your son Mm -hmm. okay. the marketing is thinking it's a safer way to go realizing that vaping is just horrible and it took her losing someone at a very young age. And you know, that that's traumatizing for her. But at the same time, that sixth grader is not going to be the same sixth grader who's constantly out here trying to smoke in the bathroom or do this. Mm -hmm. It had to touch home first. And I hate that we have to learn from losing if that makes sense. And it's from our losses that we're now starting to, you know, really be more um, intentional with how we're going through life. And and after a while, you just get tired of seeing the losses and you get tired of people who may not have actually been directly making those decisions. But like you said, indirectly in those environments are some of the ones that are really being impacted the most health wise because of the toxins that they are, you know, pretty much Mm consumed being in that environment. So I just really wanted you to hit on that environment um, because that's very important because where you are is definitely going to influence who you are.
1: Right. The
0: sad part about it is like you said, you can't see on the inside. And so even though you think you feel okay and you think that things are okay, or you might have this mistrust in the healthcare system, you're not going like you did to get the test. And then once you get the test, you take the, you go and do your own personalized research. Cause again, healing is a personalized approach. It's all mm-hmm. um, on you. What works for Karen isn't going to work for Giovanni. What works for Giovanni may not work for, you know, the next person, but at right. the end of the day, you can take from these stories and apply it to your own life to figure out what could work for me. And it's about you being intentional about being on your journey to figure it out. You know what I mean? Right. Instead of saying, well, I'm just going to do whatever. Cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't feel like trying to change or I'm not motivated to change. So we talked a little bit about your lifestyle. How you eat. We talked about your motivation. You know, I, I'm not going to let this pre-diabetic. Did you ever experience any chronic pain? Because I know you said you could have had it in your spine, but you already addressed that. Well, that.
1: I actually used to have severe pain in my hip and mm. I would be at work it, come walking down the hall and just have to stop in my tracks. Mm. And oh, that's another thing that they couldn't figure out. Uh, now, my I don't have any cartilage in my hip. Uh, But also I had pain in my lower left flank area and they did all the tests. Liver was fine. Kidneys was fine. Everything fine, of course. Uh, But no one seems to be able to tell me why I have this flank problem. Mm -hmm. So I do what I've been doing is I started my research and just started eliminating things. It was gluten. Gluten. And I tested it out. Because I ate something with gluten and the pain came back. So now <laughs> it is like, if we, that's, that's another example. Up, right? You have to watch what you're putting in your mouth. Because if you have pains, 100% of the time is what you're putting in your mouth. I mean, like my hip, my hip clicks. I don't have any cartridge. It literally clicks when I walk. I can hear it. But I don't have any pain there because I left the dairy alone. Mm-hmm. I don't have the pain in my, in my back and my left flank area because I don't eat stuff with gluten. And when I do accidentally eat something that contains it, I can tell because it'll start hurting. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. have my yeah.
0: adenomyosis pain on my left hand side. Once I have like some wrong kind of bread, cause I used to try to get like the, the Ooties, um and different other bread. I'd be like, Oh, I'll be all right. It's just, it's just, I'm, I'm going to do it in moderation. As soon Mm -hmm. as I do it, I can feel that pain coming. I'm like, okay. Believe it or not. We clearly know what it is. And I understand gluten is good. You take gluten out of that bread or that pasta, you're going to taste the difference. We're not going to say it's going to taste the same thing. I I hate when people say that. But when it's a good alternative, and you know how, like we talked about before, season things. Seasoning. Cook it a certain way you're going to still have a great food experience. And not only is that food experience going to be good, you're going to also feel good. Your body's going to appreciate the fact that you made a different decision. That that gluten is serious. And you wonder why mm-hmm. people say, well, I didn't know gluten was even in there. But you got to read the label. You got to figure <laughs> out what all they're putting in there because just because you're saying, oh, well, it's just this. Yeah, that's what it says on the front of the box. But once you start reading what's really in it, and then they get away with not even being able to put what's really in certain things, i.e., Natural flavors, okay. Natural flavors of natural flavors. Well, how you natural flavors of what was the other natural flavor? Well, what is natural flavor? And then when you do the research on natural flavor, you like, oh y'all just put in everything on there and can slam a natural flavor title on it. -hmm. It's all good and say, well, it's natural flavors
1: of what (laughs) flavor?
0: No, yeah, natural flavor of what what flavor though? though. I'm so glad you hit on that chronic pain when it comes to gluten, because so many people are in denial about it. But then some Mm -hmm. people say, "Oh well, I brought gluten back into my diet and I feel fine. That's fine. That's your body. If that's how your body works Mm and you feel like that, then then vibe off of it. But I, I clearly know that gluten doesn't work for me. I've done my research to realize that gluten doesn't do great for people who have cysts growing and, you know, hormones mm-hmm. and balances and stuff like that, as well as soy. Sometimes soy works best in someone's diet. I'm not even going to try it no more. I'm okay with it. I don't need it. Because no. when I have consumed it, I felt that pain. It creeps in just a little bit. It doesn't have me buck over like, you know, I've been before. But you feel it. And why be in pain? Why be in pain if you don't have to be in pain? Why yeah. hurt yourself? You know, why hurt yourself? And I think it was something you told me. What was it? You said a little quote, and we talked about this when it came to us embracing this lifestyle. I am loving me. That's I think that's what it was. I am loving me. When you make these decisions, I feel like that's what you said. It's for I me. am loving me. I'm doing this for me because this is the way that I'm loving me. I am loving me. I'm mm-hmm. showing up today and making these decisions to live this lifestyle because I am loving me. I, th- I think that's what it was. I think that's what you said. And I was just like, that is powerful. Like, and I don't think people realize that. And I'm not saying that you make poor decisions that you know are going to hurt you, that you know are not going to be nourishing to your body is you are hurting yourself, but you're not necessarily helping or showing yourself that you're loving yourself. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to know that give yourself grace, be patient with yourself, but start getting on an intentional journey to truly start putting the things in your mouth that is going to be loving to the inside and the outside of you. And that that's really pretty much all we're trying to say, because when we don't, when we're not intentional about what we're putting in our mouth and we're not being present with ourselves while we're eating, we're going to continue to have the same problems and situations that we've seen others in our family have. We're going to continue to live a life of discomfort. You know we're not going to always feel our best. We're going to lack energy, and I and I know it doesn't work for everybody. But just try right. it and keep trying until you find what does work. But speaking of that, what was the food that you eat now that you really wasn't messing with before you got on this new this new lifestyle, this journey of healing yourself? What was that?
1: Carrots for? and beets.
0: You were not a carrot person before. No, ma'am. Oh, I would smash some carrots with some. Mm. <laughs>
1: But carrots on a salad or carrots juiced? Oh. oh my goodness! I love juiced carrots. Add a little apple to it and a little ginger. But before then, I was not fooling with carrots at all, and I didn't even know what a spaghetti squash was up until recently. <laughs>
0: and how do you so prepare
1: it? You like spaghetti squash? It, uh, yes, I don't prepare it in the oven. With just a little bit of oil, mm-hmm. and and let it bake, and then of course rake it with the fork. But I've discovered so many different types of vegetables.
0: Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you on the beets. I, I did not <laughs> eat prior to, um, but the carrots. I juice juice carrots, beets. It was carrots, beets, red cabbage, and. It was the red beets because I do golden beets too. I like to put the golden beets in my green juice. Um, and I think it was one more thing. We did a papaya with it mm-hmm. and it was so good. It was so good. I, I, I don't think I've had a beet burger yet, um, but just juicing the beets, that has been absolutely amazing. And I, I was sleeping on the red cabbage being in the juice as well. But that thing is so good. And I, I put a whole bunch of carrots in there, but it and carrots with sweet potatoes. Have you had sweet potatoes, carrots, and apples?
1: Not in the not in the juice, but I do try like that, eat it. If okay. you
0: want a little orange, add some orange to that. Oh my goodness, it's almost like a they call it like an apple pie type thing, but oh, it is okay. so it is. And the sweet potatoes make it so creamy.
1: I'm you sure know.
0: it makes it so creamy, but you, you gotta try that. But I'm not gonna hold you too long. So <laughs> I have last few questions. One. One question is I would love for you to give some tips to the girl dads. I have two long sisters that passed away due to cancer and they both had girls that they um, have left behind and they have these fathers. I would love for you to give some tips or some, yeah, some tips or some things that either they should talk about or how they should help handle and preserve um, the Menstrual cycle or the reproductive mm-hmm. health of their girls. Now that they um, are leading this doggone thing with their women.
1: Yeah, and so because I do have some friends that are actually uh, single dads with with girls with uh, daughters, and you know they really need to research on what the whole process is okay. that 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 daughter is going through. So she doesn't feel ashamed of her body and, and just understanding how to keep her body natural. I think, you know, we're quick to, you know, look at things that we see on television and uh, have them do that instead of really understanding the human body. And so what I mean by that is, so for example, uh, when I was growing up, my mom grandparents they always talked about Mm bushing. it wasn't until i became an adult that i found out through my ob and that's the other thing make sure that young lady sees the obgyn immediately but i found out through my ob that none of that is necessary because your body cleanses itself naturally and so, when you're using all these products down there from these companies, you, you're drying yourself out from the natural chemical. Well, the natural—I don't want to say juices, but the natural. Uh, <laughs> so Not funny. the same juice we were talking about. But, yeah, something? you know what I mean. <laughs> we were just talking about juicing. Oh, uh, but but you know. What's natural down there? Your body will do what it's supposed to do. That's how it was made. It doesn't need anything to help it stay that way. And so just make sure that he, you know, he gets that daughter in to see a OB. If he has sisters or if he has an aunt or someone w- that he can trust with, not necessarily old school type knowledge, but some knowledge on uh, hygiene, because if you if you could, if others can smell you, you should be able to smell yourself, and that includes you know when they're working out after gym. You know something as simple as putting you know a little body wipe you know body wipes in your bag, your gym bag, in that way when you leave because they don't always get to take showers. But guess what? You stink. Your underarm smell and down there does too. And little young ladies need to understand that. Don't just go back to class. And some of them don't know. But as a father, you could provide her with that with that information. And if you don't feel comfortable, because not all men are comfortable talking about that, then find a confidant that she, you know she could talk to about what she's going through. And some some. But he probably is going to have to interview them on what their philosophies are. Don't just take, don't, don't just turn your child over to just any old female who may have knowledge who or who has menstruated before because it may not be the path that you want your daughter to go through.
0: I, I think that's beautiful. Um and I think a part of that too, I, I don't even want them to find someone else to talk about it. I really want them to build that relationship with that daughter because when they're not feeling good, because irregular periods is, is not normal. Um, That's not normal. It's not normal. And so Mm-mm. they have to be able to have those conversations. And I like the fact that you said, pay attention to those products. Those products need to be organic products. And then you also mm-hmm. need to be mindful of, you know, the chemicals and what's in there. Go with her and figure out which ones are going to be best for her, what she would like to try. But have those conversations, because I, I saw on the um, endometriosis documentary, it was a dad having to, you know, take his daughter to surgery. And I don't know where the mom was or if the mom was still alive or not, but it was a dad that had to advocate and continue to see his daughter, you know, go through that pain. And I was just like, dads have to be in this conversation. This isn't mm-hmm. something you got to pass off to the health teacher. This isn't something that you have to, you know, give to someone else. You have to be a part of And you have to normalize the conversation. Like, even when it yes. came to my mom and I would say, you know, I'll be out here because I have brothers, you know, I'd be like, oh, well, my peers are on my mom. would be like... Javani. Like nobody needs to know that. No, my brothers need to be able to be comfortable about someone saying they have a period. If they have girlfriends, you know, they need to mm-hmm. be supportive of her when she's going through this cycle or understand what's right. happening, right. Like mood swings or emotions. They need to start first with their sister. Like this, this doesn't need to be a, a private thing or a hush hush thing. It needs mm-hmm. to be out in the open and talked about. But I, I think that was beautiful. Yeah. And, that was beautiful.
1: and I that think I did that with my son too, because I uh I just made sure I wanted to make sure that he understood how females work, how our bodies work, and everything. And because I kept saying, you know, if he ever gets married, he'll know. She won't ever be able to say your mama didn't tell you. <laughs> no, he knows. <laughs> no, whether he does it or not, that's another thing, but at least he knows. <laughs>
0: Understood. Um, Second to the (laughs) last question. Um, Movement, 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 movement. What have you found to be successful for you with getting your body moving?
1: Remember your why. And when you remember your why, you're more likely to get it done. I would also say if you're in a position if, especially if you work outside the home or even at home, if you work something, you know, corporate America or whatever that may be, you have to do something every hour. And it's not that hard, uh, because there are chair exercises. And then this age of the internet, everything is on the internet. All you have to do is either Google or go on YouTube and you can find chair exercises. You can find 10 minute exercises. Uh, there's free apps. I, I have an app called Fit On. F I T O N. It's videos with actual trainers, and the training is all types of training, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's hit, whether it's core, whether it's yoga, whatever you want is on the app, and the app is totally free. And you can download it on your Roku television. So I have it on my television, I'll pull up something that may take me 10 minutes and I hurry up and do the 10 minute exercise and then finish, go back to work. But you have to get in the mindset that I have to do something, start small. If you don't have an hour out of your day, I mean, technically if you wanna get in shape, it only takes 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes. That's all you need, but you have to do the right exercises. So think about, I think about it like this. When you look at how much time you spend watching a movie, whether it's on Netflix, Hulu, whatever the platform is, you've sat there for that whole hour. For that hour, you could be doing jumping jacks. Hulu has commercials. Every commercial that comes on after that movie on Hulu, get up and do some jumping jacks or do something, but you have to get in the mindset Of moving, and once you do that, and you'll understand just how good you feel after you do it. Most people don't, uh, and it's counter—I mean, it's counterintuitive. You think exercising, yes, you're going to be tired, but it's it actually releases happy endorphins in your brain. All the way. So you leave, you leave exercise, and you be like, "Woo, I feel good." Now I'm tired, but I feel good
0: running into the schoolhouse, and I'll be coming back. Muscling, saluting people as they drive yeah. it I just, I feel so good with movement. And she's only time. Ta- and if you are someone who doesn't have ads on Hulu and you invested in the ad-free Hulu, <laughs> you can invest in yourself to still get your hoolooing up, and, and Grooving at some point in the day. If you made sure you didn't get the ad-free Hulu, okay? Um, I'm um, cheap. <laughs> that part. Uh, so the last question would be, well, can I do one more question? Can I do a second to last no, question? Because okay. yeah, we hit on the book and you made me get the book. So I want you to, if, what are some good books? Do you have any books that you have learned a lot from? And we already talked about um, Living Good with Dr. Living Good. What are some books that you have found have been really helpful in helping you better navigate um, the health challenges as they continue to uh, come about for you?
1: any good books. so so for me that book uh dr living good was the pivotal point for me because okay. i just feel like that book has probably just saved my life especially with this uh blockage in my arteries uh, but i'm more of a video type person okay. and it so instead of books i'm always on youtube always on youtube youtube was actually very instrumental In me leaving chicken alone Mm. just understanding how it's processed and it was it also was instrumental in me understanding how fish was processed because when when they say you know uh farm raised what people don't realize is that means they're all like this you know everybody is cramped in one little spot yeah on a farm and they're eating pellets same thing with fish they're in this pond and it's millions of the fish, and I'm probably exaggerating, but thousands of the fish in the pond eating these pellets. Yeah, on a farm, on a fish farm. They're not wild out in the sea being caught. They're on a farm. And so technically when people hear farm raise, they think that's a good environment. That is not a good environment. And so when I saw that, I actually could see it in a video. That's what helped me to leave all that stuff alone because I'm like, okay, I always thought farm race to be good, but it's not. It's actually not.
0: I, I watched What the Health with my lawn sister. Oh, yes. when, I watched, when I watched What the Health with my lawn sister, we both was like, mm. <laughs> and so That's when I was able to let the dairy go. I was like, yeah, no, because yeah. I had to let the meat go except for the seafood, but that dairy I was like, okay except for eggs i still had the eggs on and popping and i had like processed cheese but i like i said i'm not i'm done with the processed food so Mm -hmm. i was like that what the hell like really opened my mind that's a good one but after i got that juicer and i think i was watching um fridays with tab and chance me my mom loved watching fridays with tab and chance they were talking about game changers and when I watched Game Changer, my mom was gone. I think I watched Game Changer during spring. Break. That's a
1: good one. Yes. Game
0: Changers was, yeah. again,
1: mm-hmm. it was Game
0: Changer, but we don't use Game Changer no more after I saw that clip. It's a lifesaver. life-saver. Game Changer yep. was just yep. like all the way, all the way live. And yeah. I was just like, okay, I'm on it. Even for the athletes. Okay, I, yes. I see what you're going with this. And it's all test-driven. You know, and I I feel like that's the best thing. When you, it's not Mm -hmm. just listening to your body and and feeling what's going on with your body. It's getting the test. The test will tell you what's going on in your body. Once you get those results, then you start making intentional decisions on how you're going to navigate that. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily put it all in the healthcare system's face, but you need tests. You need tests to know what's going on because you can't see. You can't see what's going on on the inside, but. I'm grateful for this book. I will definitely be reading the book. And I, I, I agree with you. Um, my last sister did say I should watch Seaspiracy. And I was just like, no, because at the time I was still eating seafood. <laughs> but I can go back and watch it now. But it's not even any, any need for it. But when you also said, it, like, see how your body responds? Like, my facial hair that I usually get, I had my um, wax appointment yesterday. I didn't even have to go. Like, I the, the hormones, like, I, I think it's the walking. Like you said, like, the walking's really helped with the cortisol levels mm-hmm. and stuff. I've been pushing it because um, one of the bras, he did this 100 miles in September challenge. And so we're, like, at 84.42 miles. And, like, I'm almost there. Like, we're almost at the end. And I'm almost at 100, 100 miles for um, cancer awareness. And it's leukemia awareness month. So it, it's special to me because my long sister passed away um, last November of leukemia. And so, like, I've been really determined this full month, like, nonstop. And I just feel like the miles that I've been walking, my body is responding so well to all of this. Like, I was shocked. Like, I came down to show my mom and my brothers. I was like, (laughs) y'all, yo, look at me. Like, (laughs) this stuff is really happening. And, like, when you start getting empowered and you're managing your own symptoms, like, there's nothing no one else can tell you that you cannot do. When you take that power back for yourself, because it's all for you. Mm-hmm. But let me not. This is the last question. <laughs> I, I promise, Miss Karen, this is the final question. And I've enjoyed our conversation. I hope everybody else that's listening have enjoyed it as well and have been able to get some type of value out of it. Um, because we've been dropping a lot of things out here, but hopefully you was able to pick something up. Last mm-hmm. question. If you could have a meal with any historical figure, who would it be and what would you all eat? Any historical figure.
1: Any historical, figure, historical figure. figure. And
0: historical could be your own definition. Because when I asked my granddaddy, one time it was me. The other time it was his wife. Another time it was somebody else. So it changes for my grandfather. It's up to you. what, whoever, Whatever historical figure you can think of, who would it be? And what would you all eat?
1: So I would say my mom, because historically she's been there or was there. And she's no longer here. Okay. And so as an adult, uh, I've literally surpassed the age that my mom was when she was killed. And I would have loved to have her here to be able to help her change her mindset and her lifestyle and how she ate, even though that's not how she passed away. Um, And I would probably have made her a vegan burger because my mom was a big Whataburger fan. And I would have loved to be able to show her that we can eat something else and it still tastes good.
0: I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I think that was really beautiful. I bet she would have loved your burger. Oh, and she would have. Thought- and I, I bet I would love your burger, too. So what's all in your burger, Miss Karen? And would you make me a burger?
1: Chickpeas.
0: Okay. And some other stuff. Okay. Would you allow... Was it gluten-free? Yes. You're Absolutely. Gluten-free. Can I get a burger, Miss Karen?
1: When I cook another burger, I will let you know. Yes. I don't, you know, it's funny because I don't cook burgers often because when I was... When I did used to eat meat... I never ate burgers. I ate burgers probably in my teens. And then after that, I didn't eat burgers anymore because I didn't like the the consistency. Like it was that, yeah. So I couldn't get I couldn't wrap my head around that m- meat padded together. And I, I wouldn't eat it. And so now I do periodically uh eat a vegan burger. Uh, but I know what's in it when I do.
0: Before, when I first started, we would do Beyond Burgers all the time. Oh, um, no. and I don't do anything Beyond anymore because, like I said, I'm <laughs> I'm over that plant that process part. And it, mm-hmm. like I said, it's a journey. Like, and don't yes don't don't knock your journey because you you were being intentional about taking the steps to get to where you are. Like, there's no right. destination in this thing. You're just keeping evolving as time continues to go on. But it was that burger with caramelized onions, and I put it like on a salad. It was almost as if I was eating like a Big Mac salad, you know? And I was just oh, like, oh, okay. a burger salad would be amazing. So I could just take your delicious burger with some caramelized onions and put it on some salad mix and probably do some Rihanna's <laughs> poppy seed dressing. And I mean, my mouth just watered, but I'll just go <laughs> get So we're going to go ahead and end this episode. Again, y'all, this is Miss Karen. I Sarah Karen for me. Shout out to the devastating divas the Delta Sigma Theta um, I hope y'all enjoyed this conversation I hope you got value out of it remember the four vibrations vibes pay attention to what you are paying attention to and be intentional about being intentional and that that that's powerful within itself so yeah uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel Four vibrations two three four seven um, if you're on YouTube for the visual version um, if you're on any and you're listening to us through your airways, it is empower Plates, Empowered Lives, rate me, leave a comment, tell me what else you'd like to hear about. If you want me to bring Miss Karen back on, just, just let us know. We can do the doggone thing and we can have some more delicious dialogue. But we love you. We want you to overcome whatever obstacle that is facing you right now. And we just want you to be empowered. And remember that it's just a moment. Don't let that moment of a diagnosis make you feel like you need to believe something different from yourself. You still have power. You still have control to guide okay. your your life and to take control of this healing journey. There's a link in the description of this uh, podcast episode of a comprehensive, personalized journey. Again, what worked for Ms. Karen, what works for me, Giovanni, the host of Empowered, Place, Empowered Lives podcast, might not work for you, but we're challenging you. To start being intentional about taking care of your health and getting the well being that you need. Yeah, we'll see you later. Thanks for vibing with us.